Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, a podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and joining me today is Tyler Butler, the digital marketing strategist and musician, among other things, who explores social media strategy on the new podcast, Don't Call Me a Guru. Welcome. Thank you. You nailed guru. There you go. That's what you said. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, a source of curiosity-driven stories about the city powered by the community, and you'll hear more about that later in the show. All right, Tyler, so let's let's start with how do you describe Don't Call Me a Guru. Don't Call Me a Guru is a social media strategy podcast for social media strategists. It presupposes that you have some working knowledge of social media. Uh, Lynn and I wanted to have the kinds of conversations we were already having in our Twitter messages and our and our texts about um, different tools and uh, and kind of the nitty gritty best practices. Uh, so it's uh, it, it can be a little hard to follow if you're a beginner on social media, but it's really valuable for us and uh, just makes public these conversations. Yeah, and so Linda is Linda Wang. That's right. Who is a social media strategist at Calder Bateman? Calder Bateman. And this is and you have a day job doing digital marketing strategy at McEwen. McEwen University. Yes, yeah. I'm the social media manager here at McEwen. And Linda previously was the uh, strategist at uh, Nate. Oh, okay. so that's where the connection was first met. That's right. We had a lot of running jokes between McEwen and Nate's uh, Twitter accounts, and we kind of got to know each other. Uh, yeah, as professionals, we didn't know each other at all, but started doing all these funny jokes okay. about that, that our institutions were best friends. If you ever Twitter search at McEwen you at Nate, hashtag best friends, it's a comedy gold mine. <laughs> and then she left, and so then... She did, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I don't cry anymore. Uh, that we don't get to do that. But, uh, but instead, we've decided to keep in touch through this podcast. Excellent. Uh, tell me about the name. Why is it called Don't Call Me a Guru? Yeah, people call social media strategists gurus all the time. And uh, I didn't ask for that. It's not what I call myself. Uh, so we wanted to kind of throw a wrench in this idea of the social media strategist as like a mystical uh bringer of magical success. Social media is just a tool people use to communicate and something that we're both experts on. And uh, if I could toot my own horn for a second, of course. Yeah. And uh, we wanted to kind of bring the, the strategy to the forefront rather than, oh, look, this person magically knows how to send tweets. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes podcasting a good medium for doing that exploration? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I think that it, it allows us to just have conversations and not worry too much about writing and formalizing things because um, we have a good rapport and, and we like to chat and make fun of each other. Yeah. Uh, it's also just something I'm familiar with as a musician. I felt comfortable editing audio, so I'd been wanting to get into it. Uh I thought it was the right fit for us because we have some kind of like running inside jokes and we can we can banter a little bit uh, and then just let the conversation flow where it wants. Right. Yeah. Um, what have you learned so far from doing this? Well, I've been reminded how much time it takes to edit audio. Yes. And uh, and make it sound natural. Yeah. Uh, not that it's unnatural, but you know, um, taking out little mistakes and stuff. Uh, 
the same way in, in McEwen's podcast, because of course I always, I also, uh, edit McEwen's podcast, Clock Radio, and mm-hmm. record and write the scripts, and just the amount of time it takes to make 10 minutes of, of good quality audio is staggering. Um, but also, uh, what have I learned? I've learned a lot from our guests. We've had uh, a couple great guests, Dave Cornway, Devin Kopernisky from the Bissell Center. Um, so using the podcast as an opportunity to meet professionals with different uh, different takes on social media, even if they're not necessarily strategists, like Dave, of course, is uh, the writer of DaveBerta.ca, just having a great conversation about like the role politics is playing and the really important role it's playing, uh, or that social media is playing in politics mm-hmm. right now, uh, was fascinating to me. And the podcast was a good opportunity to have that conversation. Getting back to the editing thing. So some people solve the, oh, editing takes so long problem by just not editing. So why is it important to you to have a more polished product? Yeah, I think it's important that things flow well, um, especially as we kind of develop what, how we're going to structure our podcasts. Uh, it's important to have planned ahead and edit so that you're not stuck with long, awkward pauses or me fumbling with notes and Google Docs kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, I think that's just who I am. I like I like to have a more polished product. I think there's a place. I, I certainly listen to podcasts that are just good hosts bantering. Um, but as someone who generally in my life likes to plan and have a structure to things, I, I think it was just a personality fit, maybe. <laughs> and she makes you do all that. Oh, well, she does a lot of work, too. We, uh, uh, we plan all of our episodes, so we have a Google Drive where we're kind of throwing in what we want our topics to be and what kind of questions we're thinking of asking our guests. So we both collaborate on that. And then Linda handles the website side of things and right. does most of the posting to the social media accounts. So, um, What does success look like for Don't Call Me A Guru? Because I know you're a guy who measures stuff, <laughs> right? <laughs> we're, we're, who told you that? <laughs> Who's your source? Secrets. Yeah. Um, That's a good question. We've been talking about that more because, you know, uh, I don't expect a massive followership of Edmonton-based social media professional strategists because there's not that many people uh, who have that job title. So I think success looks like just getting um, myself out there a little bit and, and having people like starting to join a community of people who do the same job that I do do or who are interested in the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, so things like I'm going to be speaking at iMedia later in the month. I hope that some people there have been listening to the podcast. But I think those, uh, you know, it's something we're both doing off the side of our desks for now. So I think uh, I think that's what success looks like. It's just recognition like, oh, aren't you the guy from this podcast? Right. If that starts to happen, I think we can start to look at uh, specific goals for followership. Sure. I'd say if I can get 50 to 100 people listening to each episode right now, I'm pretty satisfied with it. Yeah. And it is a it's a, it's an ongoing artifact of your expertise, right? Exactly. Yeah, they're valid. They're conversations we would have had anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well capture the value. Exactly. <laughs> now you mentioned Clock Radio, which is um, McEwen University's communication department's podcast. Yes. And it's a reported podcast. It has stories. Tell me a little bit more about the idea behind Clock Radio. That's right. Uh, so last year we started a project where we create a monthly long-form story on our website. 
that is supplemented by a podcast. Um, our writers kept coming back from these interviews and saying, there's this great story, but there's this whole other tangent that this really interesting person went down. So we started using the podcast to, uh, to tell those stories. So it's sort of supplemental if you're reading the stories on our website, you're understanding it as part of a larger picture, but they're also just standalone stories of the really fascinating, interesting student staff alumni that we have uh, on this campus. I'm always amazed by the stories that people tell um, profs, students, they, they get up to some really interesting things, and uh, I think the podcast has been a really neat way to explore them. Yeah. Do you think that you are reaching different people because they might prefer to uh, get it in their ears instead of reading it? I hope so. I also think we're exploring the medium a little bit uh, more than Linda and I are in that podcast. On, on Clock Radio, I'm trying to do things like we did an episode where an international recruiter went to India and she ended up uh, recording an audio diary on her iPhone, and I was able to integrate those into the podcast. So you're getting some really interesting audio of her riding in a rickshaw and, and, and describing sites that she's seeing. Um, in an upcoming episode, we explore this audio-visual art experience the two of our students collaborated on. So uh, you're able to hear the sounds oh, that and, and the, the storytelling that they incorporated into that and get kind of a, a really visceral audio tour of, of something that, that had a visual component, but I, I think it'll be pretty cool as a podcast. So um, trying to use the medium in clock radio and really take the time to do a high production value, or at least as high as I, uh, a DIY indie musician I'm capable of. <laughs> Pretty high. <laughs> Pretty high. I love that, that India one with the recruiter. I didn't know somebody had that job for one thing, oh, and, yeah. and, and, and it was so interesting how it fits in with her particular experience and expertise. But then that just really added to it to be there with her. Yes, uh, the podcast episode is called Victoria International Woman of Mystery, uh, her words. Yeah. And uh, it was, it's fascinating. Uh, again, I, until I met her, I also didn't realize, I suppose I knew uh, tacitly, but I, I didn't realize we had this array of people whose job it is to travel the world meeting students at these fairs uh, and along the way get to see some pretty cool things. Yeah. Was it hard to get internal buy-in to spend time and maybe even some money on doing a podcast for McEwen? Yeah, that's a great question. I had etched out time uh, that I was spending managing a blog. So I was running a student blog. We, I was spending a lot of time gathering students to write while they did things like travel abroad or, or just do study tips and interesting stuff. Engagement on that was a little low, especially for the effort I was putting into it. So I essentially reallocated that time into the podcast and we've, I would say increased engagement on there. Um, so it was not a challenge because I was shifting my time around. But I think that's a really unique situation. Yeah. Uh, and of course, anytime, I mean, one of the things we even talk about in the podcast is any, any digital space you need to be able to justify. Uh, so we, I've, I've tried, I mean, you and I have had conversations with the podcast analytics. I've tried to really show that we have a growing uh, listenership and I believe in the future we'll be kind of promoting more aggressively um, to try to reach more people. But I think that's always the justification you can use if you're trying to etch out time is like, um, you know, here's how I'm going to measure it. And here's the point where if it's not working, I'm going to stop. And so what have you noticed so far as far as measurement is that the line going up and to the right as far as listenership and engagement goes? I think it's pretty steady. 
um, with one big spike we did an episode for first year students that we promoted as part of our orientation, and yeah. that one got a, a really big uh, in, uh, audience. Mm-hmm. But I think we have a regular listenership, uh, a number I'd like to see go up, but also one I'm, I'm pretty happy with. Yeah. Do you care um, how many of those listeners are people that have nothing to do with McEwen? Uh, I think one of the side goals of this podcast is engagement with like the downtown community as a whole. The institution's trying to be Edmonton's downtown university. Yeah. Downtown's very exciting right now. So I, I would love it if people who aren't at McEwen are uh, are getting are listening to the podcast. And I think most of the stories we tell are just interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think the first year one maybe won't be interesting to your average uh, office worker, but maybe not. Uh, but, but it's, it's a window into a world, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Full of> nostalgia. <laughs> um, but I think mostly we just tell what I think are interesting stories. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I like. Thank it. you. Yes. <laughs> Um, the first way I ever heard of you was as a musician. So um, tell me a little bit about how, well, first of all, you, you've recorded a couple albums, right? Yes. And as Tyler Jack Butler and his handsome friends. Uh, yeah, right? that's right. <laughs> so I, I've been playing music for eight or nine years now um, since I was in university and uh, was pretty serious about it for a little while. Um, but I'm mostly a local folk singer, um, still play shows. My band is called uh, And His Handsome Friends, mm-hmm. uh, Tyler Butler and His Handsome Friends, but I've been playing under my own name for, for years. I've got three or four records. Visit tylerbutler.bandcamp.com. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was on Spotify until recently, but my label's licensing deal ran out. So ah. look to the future. <laughs> uh, and I've been part of organizing a bunch of uh, indie labels in the city. It was kind of my introduction to social media, actually, is promoting uh, concerts. and. Uh, That's actually what I wanted to ask you about, is what was your has your foray into the music business taught you that helps you with these other things that you do? Yeah. Um, when I started making are putting on shows, that's right when social media was picking up. Um, you know, when I got Facebook, I w- we just interviewed on Don't Call Me A Girl, we just interviewed Linda's 17 and 12-year-old cousins. Oh, wonderful. I was wonderful. explaining to them that when Facebook started, you needed to have a university email address just to access it, and they were blown away by the <laughs> course. Uh, but, you know, Facebook events were just starting to be a really powerful tool that no one else, none of the big promoters were really using in any meaningful way. So it was a, it was a really good way for us to promote our shows. And uh, I think social media marketing was just kind of an implied part of what we were doing as musicians, but ended up being something that, um, you know, companies and institutions weren't, weren't doing. So yeah. it, was a, it was a skill I kind of learned along the way uh, and was became really interested in. We did some kind of cool things when I was helping with Old Ugly, which was a local label. My One of my tasks was to write really silly uh, Tumblr stories uh, <laughs> where the label was... The label was a crime organization that was secretly running the city. Oh, and wow. It's very high concept, but they I think we all had a lot of fun with them. So. Are those still alive? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, We're going to well, link maybe. to those. <laughs> <laughs> Don't quote me now. But, oh, we'll find yeah. it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So just doing fun things like that. But uh, I had a lot to learn when I started in this role at McEwen. Uh, one of the things we cover on Don't Call Me a Guru is just how lifelong learning needs to be part of everyone who works in any digital space, but especially social media. Yeah, because it changes all the time. All the time. And uh, you 
you can't afford to be left behind at times, right? Exactly. What's next for you with your two podcasts and anything else you want to tell us about? What's coming up? We have an episode of Don't Call Me a Guru coming out at the end of this month. I'm finishing up an episode of Clock Radio that'll be out at the end of this month, I think January 27th. Um, I don't have any concerts coming up, unfortunately, <laughs> but, uh, you know, promoters hit me up. And uh, aside from that, just uh, keeping on trucking here at McEwen. I really enjoy working here. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to ask Tyler about the local podcaster blogs that he recommends. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, a source of curiosity-driven stories about the city cultivated by the community. I'm Stephen Chapansky, co-founder of Castria, which produces this very podcast, and I'm talking today with Karen Unland, who you just heard on the Seen and Heard in Edmonton podcast, and you're also the co-founder of Taproot. I am. Um, Taproot just published its fourth story. It's called A Family Longs for Vision Zero to Live Up to Its Promise. What is it about? So that is a story that's actually a follow-on our third story. So I'll start there. Our third story was how to stop discounting pedestrian deaths. And it was about how we see peop- we see the deaths of people in the street, of people who are walking, differently than we see other homicides. And that has uh, a lot of... Um, consequences when it comes to how we make decisions and how we design our roads and all kinds of things. So we explored that in the third story and we got a lot of reaction to that and we got a lot of uh, other threads that emerged from that story that we thought we should tie up and explore some more. Mm-hmm. Where can you? Where can people read it? So if they go to taprootedmonton.ca, they'll find that story and our three other ones as well. Do you have to be a Taproot member to read the story? You do not. We want everybody to read our stories because we think they're really important for, uh, they're, they're not going to make a difference if we put them behind a paywall and make people pay to see them. So uh, everyone can read a Taproot story and everyone can share them. But if I am a member, what do I get? So if you're a member, you get access to something we call the Story Garden, which is the place where you can uh, tell us what you're curious about. And that's what we mean by curiosity-driven stories stories. So Taproot members get to plant the seed of a story in the garden by asking a how or why question about Edmonton. Our other members see your question and they register their curiosity about that. And when we see that a story is getting traction, that there's a lot of curiosity about that in our community, then we assign it to a writer. Where do I sign up? You sign up at taprootedmonton.ca. Thanks very much. Uh, Read the latest story and become a Taproot member to put more such stories into the world at taprootedmonton.ca. Okay, we're back. So, uh, Tyler, tell me what local podcasts or blogs you enjoy. Yeah, mostly I follow uh, blogs in my trusty RSS reader. Yes. Do a lot of people use RSS readers anymore? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I especially follow a good friend of mine, uh, Lizzie Dirksen's uh, blog. It's uh, lizziedirksen.com. We can link out to that, can't we? Uh, She publishes her fiction and photography there, and she's such a great writer. I also uh, really closely follow the uh, Edmonton City as a Museum Projects blog because mm-hmm. uh, I'm a bit of a history nerd and I really love learning about the, the crazy history of our city that no one knows or cares about. Uh, yeah. I'm really, really interested in that. Yeah, I think they're doing an awesome job or have been doing an awesome job and the, and the back catalog there, both their podcast and their blog are really good. The podcast is fantastic. Yeah. 
Have you listened to Let's Find Out, which is Chris Chang and Phillips, the Historian yes. Laureates podcast? And that's another uh, Doug Hoyer created theme song. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Doug Hoyer, of course, uh, is a musician from Old Ugly who wrote the Clock Radio and Don't Call Me a Guru theme songs and is like quietly becoming the sound of Edmonton podcasts. That's true. Shout out yeah. to Doug Hoyer, even though he lives in Georgia. Athens, now, Georgia. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, podcasts, another podcast I've listened to. Actually, this is a really good segue because Doug Hoyer was on the Expats podcast. That's right. So if you want to know more about Doug Hoyer, why he moved to Athens, what he's doing down there, why you don't see him at shows in Edmonton that much more, (laughs) although he has a show coming up at the end for his CD release. Excellent. Listen to the expats. Yes. Great podcast. Yeah. Adam Rosenhart's visit with people, with Canadians living abroad. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was a nice full circle kind of thing. I know. Excellent. <laughs> okay, I have two more questions for you. One is, what's your advice for someone who wants to start a podcast that's related to their work but isn't an official part of their work? The most valuable thing for me has just been planning. So don't think you can just sit down with a microphone and, and, and rap kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of plan meticulously. Here are the topics we're going to cover. Here are some of the talking points we're probably going to cover. Uh Make sure, like, develop a flow for yourself and build up to a place where you're where you're making quality content. Aside from that, um, you mean kind of like how "Don't Call Me a Guru" is like yeah. about my industry, but not necessarily the work that I do. Yeah. Um, I try not to get into the specifics of my role at McEwen, although I reference some projects that I've been working on, just because it's not like a, technically a McEwen podcast. So I think just balancing that line of like what kind of numbers you're sharing, what kind of what kind of information you're sharing while talking about the industry. So I focus on like industry news yeah. and I focus a lot on new tools because those are popping up all the time. So here's how I would use that new tool. Here's the ideas it sparks in me rather than like here's specifically what I'm strategically going to do at McEwen to try to differentiate us from our competitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a little bit more trade secrety kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think you can have really exciting conversations about that. Um, you know, what's an example? Instagram stories are new. So we talk a lot about, okay, what, what are we going to do with that? Our, ne- our next episode is going to be about live video. What are some of the things we've seen that worked really well? It's the kind of research phase that I would go through anytime something new comes out. Um, but just kind of documented. Yeah. And in that way, it can help you do your job, right? Exactly. Preparation for the podcast always helps the rest of what you're doing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And then what's your advice for someone who wants to start a podcast as part of their work, like Clock Radio is? Yeah. Again, I just think um, find measurables, set goals for yourself, and attainable goals. Yeah. You don't don't have to stretch goal the first time. Like, it can be, for us, it was... uh, 50 listeners an episode, right? Um, A number that you helped me develop. So when we exceed that, we all feel, okay, we've, we've achieved some success. Now we can really grow things. Um, but yeah, set goals for yourself and share those really openly and uh, be proud when you exceed them, but also be willing to take your ego out of the mix if, if people aren't actually interested in the time that you're getting paid to, <laughs> getting paid to spend. Uh, that's advice for everything, really. Yes. <laughs> Very general. Oh, that's perfect. 
thank you so much for talking to me today. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. Excellent. So you can subscribe to both Don't Call Me a Guru and Clock Radio in iTunes and Google Play. And and see, I've been asked to put it on Stitcher. Yes. So That's handy. Because yes. apparently my line, wherever podcasts are podcasted, was not true. Was not true. Well, <laughs> soon soon to be remedied. Uh, you can also visit don'tcallmeaguru.com. And the show is on Twitter at Don't Call Me a Guru. And you can find Tyler on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Tyler Jack Butler. And, of course, listen to his music at tylerbutler.bandcamp.com. You will not remember any of those links, but that's okay, because I'm going to put them in the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com. And if you subscribe to my newsletter at seenandheardyeg.com, you'll get complete coverage of Edmonton's blogs and podcasts. Thanks for listening. (laughs) ¶¶